This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, The Sermon on the Mount, Part 11, Fasting. Fasting is a tool that God gives us to be victorious in our Christian walk. Prayer and fasting are two components that empower us to be mighty Christians. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. We're going to dive into the word of the Lord today. We're in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6 actually. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for those who may be new with us tonight. Uh, we're doing a series and uh, going through Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthews, uh, which is a, a series of messages that Jesus gave called the Sermon on the Mount. And he touches and covers every so many topics, I shouldn't say every topic, but he covered several topics, and we have covered a ton of them. Uh, we've talked about uh, the Beatitudes and being the salt of the earth and light of the world, and we've talked about Christ and the law, talk about loving others and retaliate, not retaliating, and adultery and marriage and divorce and oaths and promises and going the second mile and loving your enemies and uh, charitable deeds. And we talked last week about prayer. Uh, went through the model of prayer when Jesus says when you pray you ought to say this and he gives us a model and today we're going to talk about three verses but we're going to dive into the topics that, that three, those three verses talk about which is fasting the topic for tonight is fasting I know, you got, I, I know somebody got excited about that no, no you didn't it's, we don't like to fast uh, it's a discipline to turn your plate down it is a discipline to turn your plate down and uh, Jesus talks about that. And so we're going to read verses 16, 17, and 18. And then I'm going to give a teaching to you tonight that I gave earlier in January of this year when our church was in a, se in a season of fasting. And I'm going to rehearse again and say again some of the things that uh, try to get it done in this one Bible study that it took us probably, um, took us two Sundays to get through earlier in January of this year. And if you heard it already, it's all right. This is a refresher. If you haven't heard this tonight, it'll teach you about fasting. Fasting is one of those weapons, one of those tools, instruments that God gives us to help us be victorious in our Christian walk. Just like prayer, fasting, the two of them go together. Those are the two components and elements that empowers us to be mighty Christians, mighty sons and daughters of God. And if you want to be able to have uh, the power and presence of God flowing in your life and using you in an incredible way, here are two components that you have to work into your life. Prayer, being a prayer warrior, and always talking to God, praying always, knowing how to pray. Now, I meant to say last week, let me say this about prayer too, and I meant to say this last week and it dawned on me that I forgot to say it. Let me say this, because I hear people praying and one of the things that I hear people do when they pray that's, that I think is irritating to God, because it certainly is irritating to me, is when people stop in the middle of their prayer and start rebuking the devil, start binding the devil. No, no, there's no scripture. I want you all to hear me clearly. There's not a single scripture that teaches us that you should stop talking to God and then start talking to the devil. I think it's ungodly. I think it's... Uh, something that I want to try to drive out of our culture that Jesus didn't model that for us matter of fact I don't know anybody if y'all can find a verse in the Bible where you find somebody talking to God and then stop talking to God and then start talking to the devil please send that to me 
because I don't know a single verse that teaches us to do that, models that for us. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I think it's rude to be talking to God, then stop talking to the God of the universe and then start talking to the devil. God is greater than the enemy. He's greater. You talk to him and you communicate with him and you tell God what you want him to do and what your request is for him. You don't need to go and talk to the devil. Let me try to encourage you to stop it. And, and, and really pray is about the intensity of our walk with Christ, with God, our communications with him. We need to be hooked up and tied up and connected with him. Not, we don't need to be uh, stopping talking to God and then rebuking the devil. That's, that's demonic. Uh, that's demonic. That's not God. There's no scripture to teach us. So I meant to say that last week and I forgot. Let me throw it in here. But the whole point I'm trying to say to you today, prayer and fasting go together. You want to be a mighty warrior for God. You want to see God turn impossible situations around. You want to see God work miracles on your behalf. You got to be people of prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage you to do that. So that's what we're going to talk about. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 16 and 18 we're going to talk about talk about that so let's uh let's go and read those verses here right quick verse 16 17 and 18 moreover it says when you fast do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly i say to you they have their reward but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who is in the secret place will reward you openly. What a, that's it. There's the teaching right there. That's the instructions from God, from the Lord Jesus to tell us how to uh, approach our ability to fast and see God work on our behalf. Now, what I want to talk to you today about that, I'm, I'm going to close with those, those verses and teach on those verses. But let me just try to just answer a few questions. And let me start off by asking the, answering the question, why should you fast? What, uh, what reason should you fast? Uh, and, and I want you to know, uh, let me say this too about the scripture, because it says uh, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, it's understood that fasting is a normal part of a believer's life. This is not um, uh, something that shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, haphazard. This, this, this is a, a regular part of our lives. And, and Jesus said even the hypocrites fasted. And so if you're not fasting, you haven't even raised, you haven't even been elevated to the level of a hypocrite. Because at least the hypocrites fasted. So God is calling us to make this a regular part of our life. The Bible teaches so many people live their life uh, with fasting incorporated. Jesus fasted, Moses, David, Paul and Silas, Cornelius, the church at Antioch, the early church, the late church. I mean, this is, this is a regular part of the Christian journey is fasting. And the question that I'm, I'm starting off right here is why should we fast? That's a great question. Why should we fast? Number one, there are spiritual rewards and it's a spiritual activity. That's reason number one. The very first thing I want to tell you is that there are uh, rewards and 
spiritual activities that are associated with us participating in fasting. And what are those things? Let's start off by saying, number one, uh, God gives you direction. If you need a sense of direction from God, the early church, again, modeled this for us. They turned their plates down when they wanted and uh, wanted to seek God and get direction from God. And one of the scriptures in Acts 13, 2 that I listed there is when they wanted to find out who, they, who God wanted uh, in, their, in the leadership of the church. And it says in verse 2 of chapter 13 of Acts, has they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit says, and here they're fasting and, and, and worshiping God. And, and in the midst of that, that worship and that fast, the Holy Spirit said, separate, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them to the work for which I have called them. And so the early church fasted as they chose spiritual leaders. And uh, so again, it's a, it, and this is just a model of getting direction. Some of you need direction from God. And I want to encourage you that what you should do is turn your plate down and fast. Make that one of the things that you do when you want clarity from God about what you should do. I'm going to teach you in a few moments too how to fast, what, 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 what you should do when you fast. Number two, you want discernment. Here's a second reason, a second reward or activity to help you discern. And, and, and this is an important deal because, you know, every voice you hear is not the Lord's voice. Yeah, some of y'all may or may not know that the enemy is an expert at perpetrating like he's God. And you have to have discernment um, because you don't want to, uh, we don't want the enemy to deceive us and make us think something is God and it's not God, it's really the enemy. And that's, that is such um, uh, an important component of our Christian walk is uh, being able to discern uh, uh, what we should do, where we should go, what God is saying. Uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 37 says this, there, this woman was a widow. This is a, a, a woman in the temple and it says this, this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but serve God with fasting and prayers night and day. Here's a woman who discerned who Jesus was. She recognized through uh, looking at the baby Jesus that he was the Messiah. And a part of her lifestyle was fasting and praying as a regular part. The scripture says night and day. In other words, it was a routine part of how she lived her life. And uh, she had seasons of fasting and seasons of intense prayer. And God is calling us to be discerners. Let's be spiritual discerners. Let's make our walk with God incredible through incorporating this into our life. She was, and God's calling us to be discerners. That's why we should fast. We want discernment. Here's number three. We want power. Here's the third thing. Third benefit is we get spiritual power. We engage in being empowered with the presence of God. Jesus went unto a place in time of fasting. And in Luke 14, uh, 414, uh, Luke 414, uh, it says, Jesus, look at, look at what he, he, he had finished fasting and praying. And verse 14 says, then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all of the surrounding region. Uh, he returned in the power of the Spirit. 
early part of chapter 4, he's fasting. He turns his plate down and he's fasting. Uh, and when he comes out of that season of fasting, he has been endowed with spiritual power. And again, we, we will get spiritual power when we turn our plates down and we fast. I want to encourage you, again, make this a part of your life. Make this a part of your culture and uh, season and, and determination. Fourthly, uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm, let me slow down. I'm, I'm going through and not keeping up with my uh, PowerPoint here. Uh, humility. Here's the fourth thing is humility. God uses fasting as a tool to help us bring about humility. I, I don't, I'm sure many of you who have been at our church any length of time have heard me talk about the importance of humility. God loves humility. God gives grace to the humble. Humility is an com important component of being a spiritual person. Of humility means I recognize I need God. I need, I need his presence. I need his power. I need his might in my life. I cannot depend and just do this thing on my own by my own strength and know-how or abilities. I need the power and presence of God. That's what humility says. I'm depending on God. I need him. And uh, humility uh, in Psalm 35, 13 uh, uh, can be brought to us through a season of, of fasting. Let's read Psalm 35, 13. It says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. I humbled myself with fasting. Um, uh, I humbled myself with prayer. So I think uh, uh, God wants, again, wants you and I to learn how to make, make fasting a part of our life, and it brings humility. It helps us to be humble people. That's, oh, that's powerful. It's profound to me. I think it's amazing that God gives us through this simple tool. I mean, how do we, how do we get to be powerful Christians? How do we walk in the presence of God? How do we get direction and know where to go, what to do? who to call, what choices to make, what job to take. How do we know when we're making a regular part of our lives every day being people of prayer and being people who fast? I love that. I'm, 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 I'm empowered by that. I'm, I'm, I love it. I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you to make that a part of your lifestyle, and that's why you ought to pray. But hold on, don't stop right there. There's some other reasons why we ought to pray. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, write these down because they're not going um, to come up on the screen because for some reason they didn't make it. But just write these down. This didn't make the PowerPoint. It got missed. I'm sorry. Uh, number two is we want to get our prayers answered. Jot that down. To get your prayers answered. Get your prayers answered. Ezra 8.23. Ezra 8.23. To get your prayers answered. They say, uh, so we fasted and entreated our God and he answered our prayers. That's Ezra 8.23. Jot that down. I got three points here that did not make the PowerPoint. I'm just going to walk you through and tell them what they are. And I'm sorry I missed it. I missed it. They didn't make it. Uh, that's, my, that's my fault. I take blame and responsibility that I didn't get this in here. This is my fault, and I totally missed it. Uh, so, to get your prayers answered, uh, here's number three uh, reason why you fast and pray. Uh, to fast is to get deliverance. Deliverance. 
to be delivered, to get deliverance. Isaiah 58, 6. Jot that down. Isaiah 58, 6. Deliverance. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you might, that you break every yoke. Isaiah 58, 6 brings about deliverance. And here's number four. Healing. You need healing? You know somebody that needs healing? Isaiah 58, 8 and Mark 9, 29. Jot those two verses down. Isaiah 58, 8 and Mark 9, 29. Mark 929. Isaiah 58 and 8 says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. By the way, Isaiah 58 is the fasting chapter. So that whole chapter deals with fasting. Uh, we look at verse 6 that I just uh, read to you. It says, God says, This is a fast I've chosen. Here's what it does. And one of the things it does is loose, brings deliverance, but it also, in addition to that, brings healing. Your light shall spring forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily. It brings about healing. In Mark 9, 29, Jesus said when, when uh, he cast out and brought healing to a sick person, he says, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So it brings about healing. Jot that down. Healing. Amen. It'll help bring life and healing to you. So um, these are significant reasons and to make fasting a part of your life. This, this is significant, important, powerful, profound. To incorporate it as a normal part of your life. Um, so jot, jot, jot those points down. And uh, and good. Let's let's talk about what is fasting, and how do you fast? I'm gonna talk about the mechanics of fasting. Let me spend some time and talk about the mechanics of fasting. The mechanics of fasting. Number one, um, fasting is the voluntary abstinence from food in order to accomplish a specific God-directed purpose. It is voluntary abstinence, abstinence from food. You make the choice. It's not that you ain't had no food. You ain't, you ain't had nothing in the refrigerator. So you say, I'm fasting. No, this is, this is not mandatory. This is voluntary. This is something you choose to do. It is a voluntary abstinence from food in order to accomplish a specific God-directed purpose. That's, that's a spiritual fasting. It's a voluntary choice choice, not involuntary uh, hunger or thirst. It's, it's not something that's in, that is involuntary, something you didn't choose. That's not a spiritual fast. This is something you chose to do because you want to you beseech the face of God. You want to get in the presence of God. You want some, one of these things we just mentioned, one of these reasons. we just, Put that back up there, please, real quick, because I want you to have plenty of time to write it down. Go, go slow with these because, you know, the saints... The saints don't, don't write too fast, and I don't want them to think they got to hurry up. they got to hurry up, hurry up, because y'all are so quick with it. Go slow, go slow. Let them have plenty of time to write it down, because I like our people, our note takers. 
And I want them to take notes. I want them to go back and reflect upon what we're saying and be able to incorporate it as a part of their life. That's what a fast is. And the point I'm trying to drive home to you here today, fasting is a choice to abstain from food that you chose to do. This is something you selected. It's an act of your free will. So you chose to do this. This is not something that's done um, involuntary. You chose to do that. Great. Uh, what are the types of fast? How do you fast? There are three types of fasting. There are three types of fasting. Let me spend a moment and talk about these three types of fasting. Here's, uh, here's what they are. Number one is a normal fast. A normal fast. It is... It is What's a normal fast? A normal fast is abstaining from food, but not from water. Let me talk about that for a moment, because water is an essential thing to life. You've got to have water. Your body has to have water. I'm going to talk about this a little more in detail in just a few moments, but the normal fast is, is just that you are abstaining from food, uh, uh, not, not necessarily liquids, in particular when I say liquids, not water. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, uh, we can see this uh, demonstrated uh, by the Lord Jesus uh, in Luke 4, uh, verses 1 through 2. Let's, let's take a look at that verse. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards when they were ended, he was hungry. So he was, it said Jesus didn't eat anything for 40 days, and afterwards he was hungry. So he, he drank during this, this particular fast, but he didn't eat, and so that he was on a normal fast. That's what Jesus was on, a normal fast. Uh, we also see that in Mark chapter 4 and verse 2. Jot that verse down, Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. We see the same thing. And it says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. So he, again, Jesus models for us. This is one of those models he gives us. He fasted. He uh, uh, turned his plate down and didn't eat anything. So that's a normal fast. His number two is an absolute or total fast. His fast type number two, absolute or total. That means you are abstaining from food as well as water. That's what an absolute fast or total fast is. You, 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 you abstain from food and water. Now, if you're going to embark on this kind of a fast, and we got several examples of this in Scripture, uh, and just jot, jot these verses down, Acts 9.9, 9. okay, Acts 9.9, 9. jot that down, uh, Exodus 34.28, just jot these down, I want you to go and read them, uh, I was going to read them myself for you tonight, but I want to give you ample time to ask questions, and if I read every verse that I have tonight, it's going to take a long time, we might not make it. Um, and Deuteronomy 9, 8, 9, 9, and 9.18. So jot those verses down. I, mean, I was planning to read them, but I, I, I want, uh, want y'all to read them. I want you to take the time and read and see that these are examples of people who 
did an absolute fast. Now, let me, let me give you a warning about an absolute fast because, uh, you know, some of these uh, people fasted for long extended periods of time. Uh, 40 days Jesus fasted. Um, Paul and, and Moses and some of these people had extended fast. But you cannot do an extended fast, an absolute fast fast for an extended period of time because your body requires water and I just want to give you that warning that you got to have liquids so if you don't drink water if you don't have liquids in your body your body will eventually begin to uh, uh, deteriorate you, you, it's dangerous and so we don't encourage you to do an, uh, 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 a absolute fast for an extended period of time now, somebody said, well, Pastor, well, what should we do? Well, what, what I want to encourage you to do, uh, you, you know, you have to build yourself up to uh, an extended fast anyway. So I would say some of you can just, if you haven't fasted before, uh, or you're just starting to fast, just start with a meal. You can start by saying, I'm going to miss dinner. I'm going to fast during dinner. I'm not going to have dinner tonight. Or you can say, I'm not going to do breakfast. Excuse me. Or I'm not going to do lunch. And then work your way up. So maybe the, the next time you fast, you'll miss lunch and dinner. You say, I'll, I'll, I'll pass and fast during lunch and dinner. And then maybe, again, the next time you say, I'm going to make it for the whole day. And then, uh, you know, you just build yourself up. And then you can work up to two days or a full day or three days or four days or whatever. Uh, just work your way up to it. The point is not, I don't, I don't think the significant thing is the length of time. I think the significant thing is that you're making it, you're doing it for the right purpose and the right reason, and, you're, and you are... Uh, 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 seeking God and looking for the Lord to give you clarity on some of these th things that we are seeking God for. Uh, and that is a practice in your life. So uh, I think um, you should be led by the power and presence of God and he'll tell you what to do and how to do it. So now for those of you who are have health challenges and you're on certain medications, you need to you might need to consult with your doctor. Uh, before you do this, and some of you on some of your medications, you might need to do some research about that before you actually do it. We don't want anybody to put their, and neither does God want you to put your life in danger. Some food, some medicines, medicines you, you have to take, require you to eat before you take it. And so you find out, if you, those of you who are on medications uh, for various and sundry things, figure out and find out how your medication would work with you fasting and work and do a fast in conjunction with your health issues and the medications that you're on. I think that's critical and important for you to recognize that and do that. I think that's the call and, and uh, uh, direction from God. Okay, so that's very, very important. So make a note of that. We want to make sure that we are handling that uh, in a proper way. Okay, here's the third kind of fast. It's called a partial fast, and that's a uh, a restriction of of diet rather than a complete abstention. It means that maybe you might fast and say, well, I'm not going to eat meats or I'm not going to uh, eat sweets or I'm not going to, you know, you just, you put a, re you, you, take a you, you take away certain things that you're not going to eat during that portion or time of your fasting period. And uh, Daniel chapter 1 verses 12 through 15 and Daniel chapter 10 verses 2 through 3, uh, gives us um, examples of that in the life of Daniel. Daniel uh, 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 told the, the king when he 
wanted to give, put them on a certain kind of a diet. Uh, Daniel refrained from eating the king's delicacies, it says. Uh, and uh, at the conclusion of the time, he said to the king, evaluate our health in accordance with how we eat versus how you eat and see how we, how we do. And uh, Daniel uh, and the young men who were with him uh, were much healthier because of, 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 of their restriction of diet. Uh, and they only ate certain things. So, uh, uh, so that's that's an appropriate type of fast too. That you just re refrain from and restrict yourself from certain kinds of foods, and that is demonstrated in um, these verses. So, uh, read again. That's a section of verses. I was going to read those verses too, but um, um, uh, that is. Um, Verses I want you to read. I want to encourage you to read those verses uh, when you get an opportunity rather than me uh, taking the time to do it now. So do your due diligence. I'm, I'm always spoon feeding y'all these verses and stuff and giving them to y'all. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, uh, look at, uh, write down, um, uh, uh, hold on, let's see. Write down um, Matthew chapter 3, verse 4. Matthew 3, 4. John the Baptist uh, only ate certain kind of food. He ate locusts and wild honey. So he, 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 he was on a certain kind of a diet or a certain kind of a restriction on what he ate and how he handled himself. Uh, he, was a, he was a godly man. And uh, so he, he uh, had a regular lifestyle of this. So um, I want to encourage you and challenge you today um, to figure out which one of these three you can work regularly and you don't have to do them all at the same time in the same way you can um do you know do one one time do another the next time uh the, the key component here is you're developing yourself spiritually and making it a regular routine part of your lifestyle that becomes critical and important okay now having said that i want to do this let me talk about what is um, uh, how how do how should we approach fasting? And this is what the scriptures that I just gave you talk about. Jesus gives us clear directions on the proper way to fast. He tells us Jesus did some clear instructions. And number one, he says, is don't seek to appear to men to be fasting. Here's his warning to us. If, if you're going to make it a big deal and let everybody know that you're starving or that you is hungry, you've, you've missed the whole point. That's what this, this passage here is about in Matthew, that Jesus given, is giving us these instructions to, uh, of how we should fast. When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, he says. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. And surely I say to you, they have their reward. They won't get the reward that, that, that they're, they're searching for. So do what you need to do to not appear to be fasting. And by the way, when you don't eat food and your stomach is empty, you need to get you some mints before you all up in somebody's face. Because you're, the odor from your... Uh, mouth might not be the most pleasant thing. Go ahead and teach. You teaching here tonight, Pastor. Yes, brush your teeth, goggle your mouth, 
get you some lifesavers, some chewing gum, something to help uh, you uh, combat um, what often is a consequence of not eating is bad odor. Somebody say amen. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm, I'm teaching and preaching now. Y'all might not want to admit it, but that's the truth of the matter. So, so um, you don't want to appear to people to be making such a big deal that you're turning your plate down. That is not the thing that we're trying to, to uh, the message we're trying to give. We're fasting unto God. We're, we're doing it to him. This is between me and the Lord. All right. I, I'm not trying to make a big show about it. And uh, uh, we want we want people to uh, recognize and see. We're not trying to get them to see that. We want God to see us because he's the one. If we do it secretly, he rewards us openly. We do it uh, just between me and him. He will give us an open reward. So wash your face. Get you some mints. And the Lord that we serve. Here's my last point, then I'll take questions. I wanted to give plenty of time for questions because I know people got questions about this. Uh, your Heavenly Father, will, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. That's our final point to you today. God will reward you openly. And that's what I love about God. I love about the Savior that we serve, that he is a God who knows how to uh, empower us and uh, let us know that he sees us. That's what I love about God. Various ways that he speaks to us. And, I, and you know it's God. I, I, I had to. Um, uh, uh, I recognize that God is a God who. Uh, communicates to us in ways that we know. He, that we'll know it's him talking to us. I had to preach this past weekend in. Um, in Dallas, Texas. For those of you. Many of you who know that I was preaching at the party's house this past weekend. And uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted the word that the Lord wanted me to preach. And I wrestled and I said, Lord, what is the message? And in ways that, I, that God knows, I knew it was him. He started communicating with me of what message he wanted me to preach. And God spoke it to me, affirmed it to me on multiple occasions, on multiple occasions. And then I, I, I accepted that and went and preached it. It's not necessarily a message I wanted to preach, but it is the one God told me to preach. And when I preached it, the, the people were blessed. The bishop, Bishop Jakes, was just ecstatic and blessed by it. Uh, he told me later after service that that message ministered to him and to that congregation with things going on that were significant for him, that he knew it was God speaking to him. And God rewarded uh, my, my efforts uh, and let me know that that was the message he wanted me to preach. And a part of how God communicates with us, you, you seek him and you do things before him and he will reward you in a way that you know is him doing it. And so I praise the Lord for that, that he'll give you clear direction for that. Now, having said that, I want to uh, take some questions and I already have some questions that are coming in and uh, uh, let me go ahead and uh, dive in to answer some of these questions. Here's the first one. Should you abstain from sex during fasting? Well, here's the Bible teaches that. that There, there are times and seasons when you should uh, partic maybe particularly uh, fast from sex, but that's something that has to be agreed upon between you and your spouse. 
you you know you can't just you can't decide and jump up and on your own decide that you're not going to engage in intimacy with your spouse. That has to be agreed upon. That if that's what you want, you jointly do that. And the and, and the Corinthians teaches us about that. Uh, that that's something that we should uh, do when we are in agreement. And so, uh, no one person can't decide they're on a fast and they're not going to have sex. Um, Unless you get an agreement, um, you get an agreement from your spouse. Jot that down. Matter of fact, let me give me a moment. Let me find a verse um, for that because you know I, I don't want the saints to be um, uh, fail to recognize that you need your 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 your, your spouse's uh, uh, affirmation on this thing. This is not. Just you deciding to do that. I'm, I'm going to find that verse. And uh, man, I used to know that verse by heart. Um, I'm going to find that verse and give it to you. Uh, let me see. I wish if I, see, if I was live in person with you, I would tell you talk among yourselves so I can find this verse. Um, and I'm going to find that verse. Uh, maybe some, one, of my, one of my sharp uh, saints will know the verse that talks about... Um, let me see. You know, I can't remember uh, stuff like I used to um, uh, remember. Man, I wish I could be as uh, sharp as I used to be. Um, I'm, I'll come back to that. Just give me a few moments. Which determine what determines which fast you should do? Well, you you know you you determine. It's, that's why I say it's voluntary. It's not you know you you decide which one you want it to be. You decide. You make the determination. You choose which one you want. God will honor whichever one you decide to do. So uh, there's no right one or wrong one. Uh, it's, it's, it's the one that you decide to partake upon yourself that you want to do. But my encouragement to the saints is start slow. If you've never fasted, start slow. Work your way up to some of the more intense ones. Uh, you know, uh, start off with a partial fast. Uh, or maybe, yeah, you start out with a partial and then maybe move to a normal. And then at some point in the future, maybe you can do uh, an absolute or a total fast. And you can go back and forth and just work your way up. It, it's, it's up to you to decide what's going to be meaningful to you in your relationship with God. So let me see. I think First Corinthians 7. Everybody's telling me. Everybody, everybody's telling me now. Thank you all. So I knew the saints would come up and give me the verse. Put that verse up real quick on the screen if y'all can find that. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5. The, I got the text coming in from all over the kingdom. Everybody's telling me now. Thank you. I, you know, I knew the saints would, would come through because I, I just I couldn't remember exactly the, what the, what the uh, passage said. I just know. Let's read that. Yeah, I got it, saints. No more texts are needed. I got them coming in. Do not deprive one another, one another except with, with consent. For a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But here's the key here. Do not deprive one another except with consent. And that consent would be that you can give yourself to fasting and prayer. It doesn't mean you have to, but it just it, what it is saying is that if you are going to uh, restrain or reframe, it must be with consent. So I hear somebody saying, well, what if my spouse never wants to consent? Well, you better 
you better fast and pray that they come to a point of consent if that's what you, you need to do. So if they, don't, if, that, if they don't come to that point of consent, then you're not, I don't think it's appropriate for you to deny your spouse. That's, that's not appropriate. Okay, can you give an example of what your day should look like when you are fasting? For example, when should you be praying? Okay, here's what I do. I'm tell you what my practice is. That whenever I'm fasting, the times I would be eating are times I'm meditating on scripture, reading scripture, or praying. And so, uh, you know, all, all your normal regular duties, you know, go to work. Don't, don't tell your boss you can't work because you're fasting <laughs> today. You can't do work or labor. No, that's not appropriate. But I'm saying during the times that you would be eating, I would encourage you to devote that time, that season, those moments to, a mo to, to prayer or reading scriptures or memorizing scriptures or, or reading, reading chapters. Take that time and, and do it that way. But do all of your other normal duties and responsibilities that you have. Okay? Can we fast from other things besides food? Well, I, I think there are other things you can fast from. However, I believe food is one of the, primarily one of the biblical things that God has called us to do. But I do believe that there are other things you can fast from. So, uh, yeah, I think it can be spread about uh, other things. But most of the things at times the scripture teaches us that uh, food is the primary thing. But there are other things you can fast from. Uh, how often should you fast? Again, that's your own individual choice and decision. You decide how often you want to fast. Um, uh, you decide, you know, the frequency with which you fast. Because, again, it is a spiritual component. It's a spiritual exercise that we want to do in uh, recognition and honor to the Lord uh, in what we're trying to develop um, uh, of what you want God to do. So, um, yeah, my, my encouragement is just to make it a regular part of your life. Um, make it a regular part of your lifestyle. All right? Can you fast for the deliverance of your child? Uh, you can pray for the deliverance of your child, your spouse, your parent, uh, yourself. Yeah, you can fast for the deliverance of of, of people, of everyone, communities, culture. Uh, in, uh, I just finished the series in Jonah, and, and Jonah uh, went and preached to the people of Nineveh, and they fasted for deliverance for the whole city. They wanted, to be, they wanted God to deliver them from the judgment of God. And so the, whole, the king and everybody fasted, turned their plate down, sat in sackcloth and ashes, so they wanted to be delivered from the judgment of God. Yes, it's appropriate and in, in, in accordance with the biblical teaching. Yes, you can fast for the deliverance of other people as well as yourself. And we want to believe God to bring a breakthrough for whatever you stand in the need of. God is able to provide that for you. Okay? So, uh, the main thing is you're doing it between you and God. This is your life. Your prayer, your spiritual development, for all of those reasons we mentioned earlier on, that's why we want to fast. So I challenge you today, so make it a part of your lifestyle. Sometimes, occasionally in our church, we start off with uh, a season and time of fasting. Sometimes we, um, uh, normally at the start of the year, we'll call our church to, uh, to, to fast, turn their plates down. And often our men will fast or our women will fast. 
Here's a season, sometimes we've called our church to seasons of fasting. Uh, and again, uh, though it's a, a call church-wide or men-wide or women-wide, uh, when, you, when you go about uh, your job, your task, whatever, you're not with a sad face. That's the teaching here, that you're doing it before the Lord uh, in his presence for him to reward you openly. All righty. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Prayer and fasting should be a consistent part of your walk with God. When you seek the Lord through prayer and fasting, He will reward you. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.